your words for breakfast this morning. You have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself any direction you choose. Said the doctor Seuss. Alright, rise up, America. It's a new day. Right now. Good morning to you. Welcome to another edition of American Awakening. Brandon James Benson here with you. Follow us on Twitter at Wake Up Prayers and also on Facebook at American Awakening. Just search, you'll find it there. And you keep up on everything I'm doing. Follow my personal Twitter account at Brandon James and Brandon James Benson.wordpress.com. And I also have an author Facebook page as well. That's Brandon James Benson Books. All right, enough about me. Let's keep going here. This Thursday, April 14, 2016. Let's say a prayer here for your Thursday morning. Merciful and loving Father, we thank and praise you today for another day of your grace, mercy, and love. Thank you for a restful night and for blessing us sleep. Fill us with your joy at the beginning of this day, and we may rejoice and be glad in the tasks and the challenges that lie ahead. Whatever this day may bring, help us to remember that you are with us and that we are never alone. For you, for your promise never to leave us or forsake us and all that we do today, help us to remember that we are serving you. Permit us to bring glory and praise to you, pointing others to your love and salvation. In the name of Jesus, Amen. And our devotion here this morning is called Ransomed. Get situated here. There it is. And the uh, key verse with it this morning, Romans 8.26, that says, The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Ransomed. For two weeks, my niece Marie mourned having to fly back to Tulsa without a baby. The adoption, the final act of completion at a Memphis hospital, fell through. Mom and Dad decided to keep the baby after she was born. Fourteen days of grieving, misery, anger, and sorrow were finally interrupted when her lawyer's phone call. They're holding out for 800 more dollars, cash only. And then the baby will be yours, Marie. What do you think? Never a question, never a hesitation, never a discussion, never a complaint. Marie was on the next plane with a fistful of dollars. When for two weeks, words could not convey the pain, the Holy Spirit spoke a special comfort that everything was in Jesus' crucified hands. Hands that don't let go. Spiritual superglue hands. And now, now... The baby has a new life, loved as a child of God, not as a high-stakes poker chip. We have never bought. We have been bought with a price, and Jesus never had second thoughts of redeeming us and giving us a new family. The Holy Spirit speaks to us daily when feelings and emotions overpower us. You're stuck with Jesus because he stuck to a cross. It really is a nice kind of stuck, 
wouldn't you say? Dear Jesus, thank you for buying us without conditions, lectures, or hesitations. Amen. And let's take a look at this day in history for this April 14th, going back to 1775. Dr. Benjamin Rush was among those who founded the first American anti-slavery society. 1828, Noah Webster copyrighted the first edition of his dictionary. In 1860, the first Pony Express rider reached his destination in San Francisco. He had left uh, St. Joseph, Missouri on April 3rd. And on this day, 1865, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by John Wilkes, John Wilkes Booth. And April 14, 1912, the Titanic hit the iceberg that would sink her the next morning. 1969, in a record-breaking night at the Academy Awards, a tie between Cap Catherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand resulted in the two sharing the uh, Best Actress Oscar. And Hepburn broke the record as the only actress to win three Best Actress Oscars. And on this date, April 14, 2002, Hugo Chavez returned as president of Venezuela after being forced out of office for two days before that. So there's a look at uh, this day in history for you. My song of the day selection for you. We're going with Every Good Thing by the Afters. Uh, check out the link on YouTube. Uh, just search for it. You can also find it at our Wake Up Prayers on Twitter. We'll send that out. Uh, just becoming familiar with the Afters music, but I really, really enjoying their stuff and Every Good Thing. A uh, good tune there. Get you in a good mood on this Thursday. Let's review morning headlines here. Checking out Newsmax this morning. RNC's uh, Rance Priebus under fire as outrage over delegates and the nomination process grows. And Bob Vanderplatz, uh, really well known in Iowa, he's part of the Ted Cruz campaign. He says Trump is blaming others because he is losing. Over on the Blaze found this story yesterday. I thought it was really good. A pastor sunk a stunning half-court basketball shot, but it's what he's doing with his prize that's capturing the most attention. One week after Christian Pastor made headlines for sinking a 47-foot half-court shot during NBA game, the preacher has announced that he'll raffle off the car that he won in an effort to raise money for several charitable organizations. Pastor Joseph Sizik of Center of Praise Ministries, Sacramento, California, won a Ford Focus during a Sacramento Kings game on April 5th, become the first person over the past 41 home games to make the difficult shot. And there's a picture of him, uh, a GIF image of him making that uh, half-court shot. Uh, he says, we are donating the car. We want to raffle the car off to raise funds. And uh, just a great story there. The plan is that they'll sell $3,000, $10 raffle tickets in an effort to raise $30,000 that can be split 
between the church's math and literacy camp and the Hoops for Hope program. So uh, check that out on theblaze.com. Of course, we'll uh, send this out on all of our channels as well, Twitter, Facebook page, all that good stuff there. Uh, another great story on the Blaze yesterday, uh, blogger and writer, uh, also has a great podcast, Matt Walsh, talking about the transgender uh, insanity going on across the country, and especially talking about the celebrities. If Christians can't de- uh, discriminate, neither can Bruce Springsteen. Progressivism is an ideology utterly devoid of intellectual integrity and coherence. It writes a certain argument, like a train to point A, and denies there is a point B, even though point B is only a mile or two straight ahead, and they already built the tracks that will take us there. Of course, point B is always more horrific than point A, and point C more than point B. So despite the incoherence and dishonesty of it, you don't necessarily want to stop them from hitting the brakes. A real-world example. It is ridiculous that liberals support abortion, but usually recoil at infanticide or any other kind of side. If a human life is not worthy of basic legal protections from the moment it is conceived, then there is nothing inherently sacred about it. If it can be cut out and disposed of like a plant or wart at 8 weeks or 12 weeks or 20, then by its very nature, it's not fundamentally special or important. Its importance is entirely relative on how useful or desirable it is to others. If that's the case, then infants, who next to college students, are the most helpless and unproductive human beings in existence, <laughs> should not be protected from termination. Neither should the elderly, neither the sick, nor the disabled, neither Kardashians, and so on. But I do actually want progressives to follow their principles consistently here. No, indeed. I live in the fear of a day when they decide to be honest on the subject. They're already starting to apply their pro-homosexual marriage arguments more universally. And how we have the mainstreaming of incest, bigamy, and pedophilia. They're taking their transgenderism arguments to their inedible ends. And now we have perverts pretending to live as six-year-olds and psychotics cutting off their noses and ears to live as dragons. I think I've, and those are links to stories there in the story. I think I much preferred the more slapdash and complete version of progressivism. And he goes on here. As you've heard, several states, including Mississippi and North Carolina, have recently passed religious freedom laws protecting, among other things, a Christian's right to follow his conscience and determine who he will do business with, and what that business will entail. Other states like Georgia have attempted to pass similar laws, only to have their efforts flaunted when their governors caved to the outside pressure. Usually that pressure takes the form of boycotts and other economic threats from prominent figures, major corporations, and even the federal government itself. The boycotts are what I find especially interesting, Matt Walsh says. Many companies have said they will not conduct business in states where the conscience rights of Christians are protected. PayPal, PayPal, for example, announced last week that it's canceling its plans 
to open an office in Charlotte due to the state's anti-LGBT law. The NFL, Apple, Disney, NBC, etc. have made similar promises. Then a few days ago, Bruce Springsteen, and I'm sure you all heard about this, canceled a show in North Carolina, which caused great distress and disappointment to the 65-year-old white dads across the state. Someone named Brian Adams. <laughs> yeah, I love how Matt Walsh could see subtle digs in on people. Also announced he will not be performing his two songs in Mississippi. In response, thousands have confused Mississippians type Brian Adams into Wikipedia. <laughs> the, ironier, the irony here is so thick, I might choke on it. These are people and companies choosing not to provide services to a group of people as a means of protesting a law that allows people to deny services to groups of people. They are following their conscience and boycotting to overturn a law that allows people to follow their conscience. They are exercising their First Amendment rights in order to make a statement against First Amendment rights. They are discriminating in response to discrimination. What's next? Will they fly a private jet around the world to lecture people about the dangers of fossil fuel? <laughs> the contradiction here is impossible to overlook. And some more here. Uh, he gives some reasoning. He says, you can argue that one is discrimination and the other is not. And you can argue that some discrimination is bad and some is good. And I think this is a good, uh, a good point that he makes here. This is true, actually. It's simply absurd to talk about discrimination like it's some sort of universal evil, regardless of context. Saying you're anti-discrimination because you're opposed to certain kinds of distinctions being made against certain kinds or certain groups is like saying you're anti-speaking because you disapprove of curse words. You've come out broadly against a basic and necessary human function, all because you disapprove of some very specific and particular application of it. This would make you a member of a group called nitwits. It's a group I discriminate against all the time. And I won't read the rest, but you get the gist of it. Uh, I love reading Matt Walsh's stuff uh, on cultural issues. That's really, uh, I, I tend to think a lot like Matt Walsh does. Check that out on The Blaze, and of course we'll link to it as well. Another story. Last night, of course, a big night in the NBA. You had uh, the Golden State Warriors going for their 73rd win. I assume they got it. I didn't actually check. You also had Kobe Bryant uh, playing in the final uh, game of his NBA career, and he scored an incredible 60 points in this final game. What a great way for one of the giants of the game to uh, end his career. And then uh, another story here on the blaze. Uh, Ted Cruz's daughters steal the show at a CNN town hall with this moment. Uh, Ted Cruz's daughters have a particular person they'd like to invite to the White House should their father win the presidential election. Asked by Anderson Cooper to reveal who it was, both Caroline and Catherine punted to their mom, Heidi, who explained that they're both big fans of Taylor Swift. <laughs> and uh, Caroline then identified her favorite three Taylor Swift songs, Bad Blood, Blank Space, and Wildest Dreams. So uh, the Cruz daughters, uh, should their dad become president, which I hope he will, 
they want to invite Taylor Swift to the White House. So uh, that would be a lot of fun. And on the Drudge Report, uh, Russian jet buzzes a U.S. ship. Um, scary stuff going on out there. That's the main headline on Drudge. Check that out. And uh, that's a look at the morning headlines for you on this April 14th. Stuff that I like to uh, pick out and go through anyway. Some of my favorite news websites. Let's close things up here on your Thursday morning with a prayer. Let's pray for uh, seasonable weather and our father, or our farmers out there. Dear God, you know, I come from a farm family myself, both sides of the family, my wife's as well. What a great vocation. And uh, this part of the country and all across the nation, in fact, we have farmers that are getting ready to uh, put uh, food in the ground as they begin the planting season. And we just pray you'd bless our land and uh, we know that these weather patterns and at the end of the day, all of it, it's in your hands, your control. And we just pray for seasonable weather, good rains, sunshine, everything necessary to make that little life, those little plants and the animals that you've created grow, that the farmers take care of and provide for us. Give them peace of mind and, uh, strength as they go about their work and their their duties pray for uh seasonable weather and uh you'll uplift everybody out there whatever their vocation is on this day we give thanks for you and all these blessings and uh, just the awesomeness and the creation of life itself we thank you for all these things In your son's name we pray jesus christ amen well, thank you all for joining me this morning on American Awakening, Tenebrae, Non-Importo, Export, Tantum, Lumen. Let's try it again tomorrow. Carrie Eliza, everyone.